Hey, this is Eric, and I'm here with... Gabriel. And as you know, this is the Two Old Pirates podcast. Welcome back for podcast number four. Uh, we're so excited to be back. Uh, we keep doing this on Fridays. This Friday was actually not as bad weather-wise. The last uh, three times that we've done this, the weather's been really, really crappy for South Texas. But today wasn't all that bad. It was in the mid-60s, and it wasn't quite as cold or rainy or anything. So that was a, a decent thing. But uh, we just want to go and let you know that we're well over 100 subscribers now. When we did this last week, we were at 98, and then we got the 99th during the uh, podcast, and then that night we got our 100th, and that goes out to one of the original Rockport Celtics, which we'll talk about more later on during these podcasts, uh, David, uh, who was with the team since 1988 and lives up in uh, uh, east te- eastern part of Texas. Uh, in Bastrop, Texas. Really good guy. And hoping that he'll do a show with us as a guest speaker um, over Thanksgiving holidays. But what we wanted to do on this podcast is, of course, talk about many different things. We'll have our five amazing facts, and we'll have our lightning round of questions for Gabriel. Or Did you bring any for me? You know the answer to that. <sighs> so I guess I'll be doing it again. But I don't mind, because I think it's fun. Uh, we'll I'll give you a story from the past because I did hear from a lot of people, especially uh, some of my students that have uh, subscribed to the podcast about how much they enjoyed the story about Lewis and his fingernail or finger, lack thereof, part of his finger. So I'll have another story for you tonight, and we'll talk about different things. And at the end of the broadcast, uh, before we do our lightning round, of course, we'll dive into our sports, which Gabriel is the uh, professional between the two of us. He he studies all this, and he really, really – has a, a great insight into high school, college, pro, whatever it is. He loves this stuff, and he works all week long for you guys to try to get the right information out and uh, just also have you guys comment back at us. So uh, the first thing that I wanted to talk about is um, American laziness. Uh, this is a real thing, and I remember watching the movie Wally, the cartoon, Pixar cartoon, with my kids, and in the, uh, in the movie, uh, if you remember, humans – are in a spaceship, I believe it was, in outer space, and they're so overweight that they can't do anything for themselves. And everything has to be done by robots, and they're not capable of doing anything. And I remember watching that laughing and like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's just a movie and stuff. But as we've progressed from Wally, and I look more into real life, I'm I'm realizing someday uh, humans might be in that situation where we don't do literally anything anymore uh are there still hard workers out there of course are there's people that bust their excuse me they bust their ass every single day but as a society in the united states i've seen this kind of uh changing and going more and more towards uh not getting anything accomplished and i wanted to talk a little bit about that um uh, i was explaining to gabriel that you know when me and him were kids uh there were fast food places and stuff, but a lot of people when we were kids and even, of course, before us, if you're a little bit older than us, you know, th- there was a sit-down meal. You know, you'd sit down at your house. Didn't matter what culture you were from. Didn't matter what race you were from. Uh, there was a sit-down meal because most people just didn't have the money to go out and eat all the time. And then as, you know, the economy grew and people might maybe got better jobs or, you know, moms took jobs outside the house, you had people, you know, splurging and they'd go to a sit-down meal somewhere at a, at a restaurant and they would sit as a family and they would eat and it was the same concept but they were still together and they were sitting down and then of course america you know started you know having kids play little league sports and and you know playing for high schools and stuff and 
uh, taking out-of-town trips and stuff, and, and we developed into this fast food thing. Now, I understand, you know, McDonald's, Whataburger, Dairy Queen have been around for a long time, but not everybody hit them up all the time. And then you had a time where, you know, we're like, we can go to a fast food place and have the f food come out even faster than at a sit-down restaurant, even though, you know. And then from there, we put the drive-through in, and we decided to go through a drive-through to go ahead and get our food because we couldn't dare to get out of the car and actually spend time inside. And then now we have things like Grubhub and, you know, these, these places that will go ahead and deliver to your house. So if you remember the fat guy sitting in Wally doing nothing, we're literally like that now. You can, on your phone, order without ever talking to another human being and have them cook the food, give it to somebody in another car, have them drive to your house, and all you have to do is get your fat ass up, walk over to the door, open it up, they hand you it, they, with a smile, you sign, because you already paid online, because, you know, credit cards, or your debit card, and then you can go sit your fat ass back down, and in any, and, and I was just like, this is really happening. Um, this is where we're going as a society. You know, uh, there's an app. I want, I'm hungry. Feed tummy. Uh, and we do that. Um, I was also talking to Gabriel about how in the old days, uh, there used to be these things called records. And they're coming back out now and everybody's all, oh, vinyl. you got to have a vinyl record and stuff. Well, that's all we had. We didn't have a choice. That's all we had. So, you know, we'd go to the record store and we'd purchase something. Do you remember any of the records that you ever bought when you were a kid? Uh, yeah, it's some, uh, well, I don't remember the groups right offhand, but I do remember going and buying anytime I could, or my parents would, you know, give me some money to go buy some, but yeah, I remember those days. I remember going to buy, like, albums for, uh, Hall and Oates, uh, mm -hmm. The Police, um, Krista Berg, I, you, most people that are listening to this have probably never heard of Krista Berg, he had one big hit called Lady in Red, mm -hmm. but my song that I liked was Don't Pay the Ferryman. Mm -hmm. Don't pay the ferryman. Don't even ask the price. I, I freaking love that song. Uh, and I had that album. So the thing is, you'd get excited. You'd get this album. Then, of course, you'd have to take it off the record play and turn it over and listen to side two. And, of course, after that, we got to cassettes. And then we got to cassettes that could, you know, cassette players that could record. And so people like me and Gabriel and, you know, people in the early 80s, you know, you'd call into a radio station and say, hey, can you play so-and-so by Journey? Because that was the jam of the day. Or can you play so-and-so by Van Halen? And they'd say, sure. And then you'd hear your name. Hey, this is for Eric and Rockport. This is for Gabriel and, and Rockport. Uh, and then, you, of course, you could make your, uh, your uh, what was it called for, like, your girlfriend? A request? Your dedication. Oh, dedication. You can call yeah. and say, hey, this is Eric from Rockport calling in. I just want you to tell you, baby, I love you so much. And they would, on Hot Z95, they'd yeah. call in and they'd sit there and say, hey, calling from Rockport, Texas, a little town down there. Eric said, I love you to so-and-so. And I'm not going to say who that is because I'm married. But here's the point. The point is we used to do fun things like that. And then you could record that stuff and listen to it on the cassette over and over and over. And we're like, God. This yeah. is so much better. This is so awesome. I got a song that's not even out on a cassette. It's not even out on a record yet because they're playing it. It's going to come out in two months, but I've already got it because I hit record at the right moment and it was played on the radio. And that was like magical. It was like amazing to be able to do stuff. Today's kids will just look at you like you're an idiot. Like all I have to do is go on Spotify. Yeah. All I have to do is go on iTunes. All I have to do is go on uh, any of the other countless places and just 
Boom, it's right there. And you know, yeah. Eric, and you know that the thing is, is that when we did the recording and we had the cassette and you call into the radio station for a certain song, right? They wouldn't play just right the next song. Oh, so you just had to wait. You couldn't even move. It couldn't might be, be two hours. Yeah. Because there were so many other yeah. people calling. It wasn't just us. So, I mean, yeah. you know, you'd sit by that radio and they'd be like, and coming up next, boom, you'd hit record. And then all of a sudden you'd hit there and you'd hear Ario Speedwagon or something. You're like, oh, that's, I like that's the ready. song, but that's not the song I did. And you'd have to hit stop, rewind, rewind get ready, and then get it ready again, get it ready again. Kids today don't understand that, that wonderful, and it was a good stress. It was a good stress because you couldn't wait for your song to come on. So you're stressed out. You're like, oh my God, is this it? Is it in the anticipation built and built? And then finally, when they heard for Eric and Rockport, you're like, oh my God. And then they play your song, you'd hit record, and you'd be like, I'm the baddest mother in this place. And uh, it was just magical. And now you can just go on Spotify and make a playlist. And you don't even have to touch anything. You can sit there and talk to your phone and just say, uh, play uh, Monday's playlist. And you're going to go out for a jog. You're going to go uh, for a ride somewhere. You're going to go down the beach and stuff. And it just plays all the songs that you want in order that you put. And I'm just like, damn, what has happened to us? We've become so lazy that we can't even like buy a CD. Uh, you know, my sons will look at me when I order a CD from like a like one of my favorite bands, like the Ocean Blue or the Doobie Brothers or Michael McDonald. And it comes in from Amazon in two days. And I'm I'm like so excited to open up the CD and they're like, but dad, why? You can just purchase it, you know, off of iTunes or something or on Amazon Music and it downloads immediately and then it's there. I'm all, but it's, I'm not holding anything. It's not an actual thing. It's just, they're like, but it's music and they don't understand. They're young and they think that it's just, it's not the same as when you used to hold a 45 record or when you'd hold the cassette, like, you know, when you'd buy a cassette and it would come in and if it broke, you had to learn how to tape it back together and stuff, all those things. Or, or you had to use a pencil to go ahead and, and straighten it back in if all the tape came out and yep. got eaten by your machine. When you saw the tape get eaten, you're like, crap, you, you, I, did I just waste $14 on this cassette? So I, they, they don't understand those things. Another thing is, and I, you know, I think Gabriel will agree with me on here, is uh, when we were kids, you know, when you're a teenager and stuff and you're dating somebody, one of the most romantic things that you could do, since, you know, you couldn't really do a whole lot unless you're going to go and get in trouble somewhere, is going out and renting a movie. You know, you go to the v place and rent an old VHS tape and you'd sit and make popcorn and stuff and, or you'd double date or something. You'd go over to somebody's house and rent a movie and stuff. And then th those, those places are gone. They're literally all gone. I mean, you had Blockbuster, you had Hollywood Video, you had... Uh, the movie gallery, you had little mom and pop places and stuff, they're all gone. Nobody has to go there anymore because guess what? I can buy it online. So once again, my fat ass that just ordered food from Grubhub can listen to my Spotify playlist while I'm waiting for the movie to go and play that I just bought for $5.99 on Amazon. And I'm all set. So guess what? Why am I leaving the house? Why am I brushing my teeth? Why am I doing anything in this life anymore if I'm going to – and today's kids don't understand the fun of, that it used to be to sit down and actually have a meal or the fun of going out and buying your first record or the idea that you could rent a movie and your girlfriend would argue with you. I don't want to see that. It's scary or it's bloody and you're like, but babe, it will be awesome. And you knew she would hate it and you'd still watch the movie and she'd get pissed at you at the end. But the idea was you're still going out on a date and that was part of the date is to talk about the movie and stuff and not just go into a movie theater. So, you know, all those things made life well, it's, it's also just going together to the movie or Hollywood video, whatever it was, right? It was all part of the date. It's not like that anymore. And, and it, it's kind of sad that we can't go back to that because I know I struggle myself when all these things online came out. Man, I, I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I had to get my kids to help me because I just didn't understand it. I mean, it's like wasn't in my era, right? so I didn't understand it. I do understand it now, but I didn't back 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 then when it first came out. So it's just it's pure laziness, and it's uh, and, and you'll get like that. Our, our kids are going to get like that because everything's like back and call. It's, it's the phone is, is kind of like your phone. If we lose our phone today, 
I mean, we're literally lost because you can do everything. I mean, I've even gotten addicted to my phone because it just, it makes my job so much easier in anything that I want to do, receiving emails and the job that I do, sending out emails, printing things. I mean, it's just, it's all right there on my phone. So now if I lose my phone, I'm lost. I mean, I don't even think, I know that when um, electricity goes out or something and I don't have my phone charged, and, you know, I'm like at work and it's happened to me a couple of times. I'm like lost. Like I literally don't even, okay, what's option B? You know, you can, I mean, I, I can't do it. I just can't, I can't complete a report. I can't do anything because I do everything on my phone. So it's, it's good in some ways uh, with the technology that's come out. But man, you're right on spot when you say our society, we're becoming lazy. For our, for our, our kids that are coming up, it's now very gonna, lazy now America. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate. Because I'm guilty of every single thing that I just put down. I have ordered Grubhub. Uh, I do think it's much more entertaining to be able to just click on Netflix and watch something instead of having to go to a goddamn store and have to rent something with a bunch of other people that smell and they're waiting in line and stuff. And they're like, I, oh, I didn't want this movie, honey. I'm going to go back and get another one. Save my place. And I'm all like, Jesus Christ, get out of my way. Uh, uh, also, the sitting down. Uh, do I really want to sit down and have my kids eat a burger in front of me and they're going to take their time and they're not going to get to their fries and they're going to go get a refill and stuff? No, you get through the drive through you get back home so that you can sit down and rent something and, and not do your... So, yes, I am just as guilty as everybody that I was talking about. So don't take it that I'm uh, uh, preaching from the soapbox that I'm perfect uh, on anything like that. But what I was trying to get through is even if I'm capable of doing it, now think about the future generations, how they will treat things about getting things. They're not going to understand anything. I mean, when's the last time they're going to have to use a can opener or something like that? I mean, they're going to, you know, there's... Well, do they even know how? There's pull tabs now. Are they going to know how to change a tire? You know, uh, there's so many kids that I've taught over the years that don't know how to do basic, basic things. And I'm all like, is it because we take so much away or is it because the technology is so easy now? Um, What technology? It's easy now. I mean... Just, and, just, and, just, and when we talk about uh, cell phones, I believe that they've done studies now that they're trying to say that psychologically, not physically, but psychologically, they are now going to possibly be able to say that cell phone addiction is an actual addiction. So you talk about tobacco, you talk about alcohol, you talk about drugs, and they're saying that having to have a cell phone in your hands, just like how Gabriel said, is an addiction because we're so used to it. We can check our bank accounts. We can watch film, you know, movies on it. We can listen to our music on it and stuff. We can talk on it. Some, mo most kids today never even talk on their phone. They literally don't talk. They either text or they, they Snapchat or they Instagram or something. And they're, 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 you talk to them and you sit there and say, when do you call somebody? And then like, they look at you like you're a moron. They're like, why would I call? Why would I? Because it's a phone. Yeah. It says cell phone. But they look at it more as like a computer. Like how Gabriel said, you can literally do everything with your phone now. And uh, I, you know, I, I've even told my students, I said, what would happen, God forbid, because, you know, I use my cell phone just as much as anybody else, but what would happen if there was a, like a major solar flare from the sun, and instead of just uh, having a detriment to the human population on earth where people were killed, what about if it knocked out all the solar towers, and everything became bricks? It's just, it, the cell phone doesn't work anymore. The addiction that some kids have now where that is their complete lifeline, they don't understand how to use a regular phone. They've never had to use a pay phone, God forbid, because those went. Do you remember pay phones? Oh, I remember pay phones. Oh, my God. People listening to this that are young will not understand what it's like to be on a phone call with somebody, and they're like, 
please insert 50 more cents for two more minutes, and you'd have to get two quarters out to put it in. You have no idea. Well, you know, not only that, but remember when pages were out? I mean, pages were oh, really pages, good. Yeah. But I'd be driving down with a I friend or something. Had, to, I, I had one, the Corpus. Somebody pages you. Know, you. I heard that usually it pimps and drug dealers. And, uh, <laughs> well, I was yeah, neither. I'm not saying he's a pimp or a drug dealer. I'm just saying he had a pager. Yeah, I had a pager. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'll tell you this, though, Eric, that if you got paged, and I recall one time I was driving from Rockport over to Corpus, and I get I get this page, and it's like a 911, and uh, it really wasn't an emergency, but it was 911. This person wanted me to call back. So you have to pull over to a convenience store, right? Get a pay phone, phone yeah, get some yeah. quarters, put them in to See, place I'm the car. Saying, yep, you yep, yeah, yep. And there's going to be literally yes. young people listening to this podcast, and they're going to say, hey, Mr. Wolf doesn't talk about stuff like that. And, and they're going to be like, uh, uh, what? Yeah, I've seen movies with payphones, but mm-hmm. why would you ever have had to have a payphone? And the thing is, these smartphones have only been around a short amount of time if you really look at the how long phones have been around mm-hmm. since Alexander Graham Bell invented one and stuff, you know, in the 1800s. So you'd think, man, we had 100-some-odd years of, you know, having to talk with a phone stuck to the wall. Uh, and now our cell phones, if the tower well, goes down, if I don't get good reception, oh, my God, oh, my God. Well, I'll tell you this. We had, like, at my house when I was growing up and going to school, this is how you got some privacy, right? So there was a phone maybe in my parents' room, mm-hmm. maybe one in the living room, and one in the kitchen. We, I, there wasn't one in the bedroom at all. And so if I wanted some privacy, right, I had to get maybe Let, the— Listen to this, because if I, I don't know where he's going, but if, it's, if he's going where I think he is, I think all teenagers and young kids, when they first started talking to, like, people of the opposite sex or friends, did this. Go ahead. So we've got one in my parents' room, one in the living room, and one in the— kitchen and so if i wanted some privacy what we had to do was the cord to the which means it was attached to something children the cord actually was long enough to where i could go either outside and sit there close the door to get some privacy or <laughs> i go to the restroom which yes. is close to the living room and sit there for a while you know because i mean that's how you got the privacy, old restroom, right? the old restroom. i mean there I was no other way to get privacy know. now see if you're talking to a friend which most guys, um, I'm only speaking for guys, you know, they'd call, it'd be a very short conversation like, hey, you going to the park? Or, hey, can I come over? Or do you, do you want to go up to the ice box and get a drink? Or something like that. But if you're talking to a girl and you're 13 or 14, you got to have some privacy. You you have some your privacy. parents can't be in on these conversations. So you would literally pull that wire, you know, the, the long cord, find the bathroom, Close the door on the on the cord and sit in there, and you would talk for hours. You'd talk until your ear was sweaty, and red and red, hot, yeah, because you didn't want to get off the phone. The other thing that we used to do is, uh, you know, these kids are, you know, they, they stay up at night texting to each other and stuff. But to talk and hear that voice of the female that you're dating at the time that you're in love with at the time, uh, you talk all night and you'd fall asleep on the phone sometimes with them. And what would happen is, you know, I would sit there and I'd be talking to one, two o'clock in the morning with the girl that I'm dating. And no, you'd be the first one to get off. No, no, no. You'd be the first one to get off. No, you'd be a, no, I love you. No, I love you. And all, all that puppy dog stuff. And you'd wake up in the morning and you'd hear ding, 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 ding. And the phone had been left off all night. So God, God knows if there's an emergency and somebody had to call my house and to talk to my parents, they weren't going to talk they to were, me. They were, yeah. I left the phone off the hook yeah. because I fell asleep with it in my hand because I could not wait. I could not let that girl go, and she could not let me go. It sounds really and silly. And not only that, everybody, there was no call waiting or anything. Oh, no, there was no So, there, so there was you, no, I no, mean, no, no. You, you, there was a, a, a busy signal. I mean, yes. you know, you'd have to, so if I was on the phone for two hours, you know, nobody could get these, through these, to, to my parents because it wasn't like, well, hold on, I got a call waiting. Back in our day, 
I mean, you got a busy signal, and you just had to keep trying and trying to, you know. That was, and then you're like, did the son of a bitch leave the phone off? Did they take it off just to make it busy, or are they really talking to somebody? So I'd have kids the next day, dude, dude, Dwarf, I tried to call you like around 11 last time. I'm like, oh, I was talking to so-and-so. And if you couldn't, so you just get on your bike. You just get on your bike and go. If you lived in the neighborhood, maybe a few blocks down, I mean, if you couldn't get a hold of somebody and you kept calling for like an hour, you get on on your bike. Most everybody which, had a which bike. Which is exercise. Yeah. Which is maybe why right. we were thinner back then. Right. And we would just go down there because I know, uh, you know, people would tell me, well, how'd you do back then? And I actually got on a bike <laughs> and drove to my friend's house, knocked on the front door, and asked if Eric the Wolf was there. Yeah, he's in there, and, and they would let me in, and we'd go back to his room, and, and that's how you would get all those. There was two ways of getting a hold of somebody, of your friends back in the day. You either call on the phone, and if you had, if you couldn't wait, because you know you, you got a football game coming up, or you or you had a basketball game, a, a pick up a basketball or something, then your, your only other choice was to get on your bike and drive over to the house and knock on the front door and hope that they were there and ask them to come in because today's the way things are today it's 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 amazing and i never thought that we that i would see you know talking about the way things were with the phones and stuff i never dreamed or could even possibly think that we would be that i would be seeing what i'm seeing today that, that's the thing you know when <clears throat> you know um you know I, I, when it comes to my parents it's a very touchy subject due to the fact that uh they're both gone and they've been gone for a while now uh, but, you know, I, I, I love them tremendously. I didn't let any of my friends ever talk disrespectful, even jokingly, about them. And anybody who knows me my whole life knows that the one thing that I'm most uh, uh, protective of is family. And my dad, um, when he was well into his 70s, uh, the Internet had been out for a while. And when, where he served in uh, World War II in Papua New Guinea, when he was fighting against the Japanese army for the United States Army. Um, I, I showed him a webcam of uh, Port Moresby, which is the capital. And he was looking at it and he just kept shaking his head. He just stared at the, the live image for I don't know how long. And I was all, Dad, what's wrong? And he's all like, that can't be Port Moresby. I said, Dad, that's Port Moresby. That's the capital. And he's all like, it's impossible. Because when he was there as a young man at 19 in the 40s, there was like a couple docks. There was some uh, fishing boats where you could dock. There was uh, maybe a couple huts. Uh, it was very, very uh, minimalistic due to the fact that it was a, uh, a place that most people had never been. Uh, uh, they had never even seen white men there before. The Japanese had, had entered the island and were killing off most of the natives and trying to take it so they could take Australia. So when he was stationed in Port Moresby before we went up to Leahy and Finchhaven and different places like that, there was nothing there. And now on the webcam that he was seeing in the 90s, you saw a hospital and you saw traffic lights and you saw a, you know, a university and he saw a civilization that was not there. And the last time his eyes had seen Port Moresby, he was about a 21-year-old, 22-year-old. When he flew, back, you know, when he took the, the the boat back to mainland Australia, so that he could get on a ship to come back to the United States, you you know, you go fifty some odd years into the future, and you don't see a place, and it changed dramatically, uh, and and you know, it, it shocked him and stuff. But that's where we were with technology. So he could not imagine at twenty one, sitting in the jungles of New Guinea, 
that someday it would be that populated with a webcam with this internet stuff going on. So me and Gabriel, I'm not trying to say we're old, but we're old enough to realize how much things have changed. So those of you that are listening to this podcast are older than us. You know what we're talking about because you've seen more change than we did because we're younger than you. And for the young people listening to this, you'll have no idea 40 years from now, if you're 18 or 19 right now, when you're 40s, you know, when you're in your 40s or 50s, how things will be different then. I mean, who who knows? You can't say what's possible and what's impossible at this point because if you would have told me when I was your age, if I was 18 or 19, that there's going to be this thing called a cell phone that will do everything on it for you, that it's basically a mini computer that has more ability in it than the, most of the stuff that we use to get to the moon, I would sit there and say, you're, you're, you're doing drugs, you're crazy. The, and, and it's here, it's now. And that's why I was railing on it before because maybe I'm a little bit afraid of technology about how it could take things over. Uh, I want to switch now a little bit, and I, I know Gabriel wants to talk about this, because uh, I think it bothers both of us, not only as fathers and Americans and human beings, but the five, atten- I call it the five second attention span. And there was a shooting um, the other day in California. A boy on his 16th birthday takes a 45 semi-automatic handgun, and within 16 seconds, 16 seconds, he goes into that school and shoots five fellow students and then shoots himself in the head. Um, when these things happen, I really teach my classes. I, I take time to talk about it because they, they've become so numb with the amount of violence in this country with shootings and, and just, just the overwhelming uh, negativity, I guess, towards life. I, I guess that I don't even know if that's the proper term, but I know Gabriel and I were talking about it the other day when it happened, and we're, you know, we've got kids. You know, we're, we want them to grow up and have long lives and stuff. And I teach. I don't want to see any of my students ever hurt. And, you know, they're my children when I teach them. And to hear that this boy was so sad with what whatever caused him to do this, which we still have not heard, but that on his own birthday, which should be a joyous day. His main plan was, I'm going up to the school, and I'm going to shoot five fellow classmates and then shoot myself. Two of those classmates, unfortunately, have passed. So there's two more added to the list of just just random, senseless violence. And this this young man who's 16, he's in grave condition. We don't know if he'll live, if, if he'll have permanent brain damage, if we'll ever find out from his own lips why he chose to do this. But in our lifetime, uh, we were talking about this. When there was a mass shooting, when we were young, it seemed to stick. But remember, at, when we were young, it, it just was so out of the norm to hear something like that. It's not like they never happened before, but when they did, it didn't like just disappear within two or three days. But the way the news cycles work now, the way you know, people are on their phones and they jump on Twitter or on you know, Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook, they just move to something else. And they, I think I just saw the, that there's been 44 confirmed official school shootings in 46 weeks this year. Wow. That's 44 out of 46 weeks. And you're just like, what, what's going on? You know, and that's not, that's not, uh, that's not at like how out in El Paso, the guy who drove eight or nine hours to kill Mexican people in El Paso because he didn't like immigrants, even though that they were Americans that he was killing, but they just happened to have a little bit more melanin in their skin. Um, so I'm like, you know, Gabriel, what, what do you think is going on in America where we just forget? I mean, we had the shooting in Las Vegas at that huge country festival and like five, five or 600 people injured and 
it's the biggest mass shooting in American history. Like, I, I was 70 or 80 dead or something. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it just blows your mind that you forget the numbers because then you had the one in Orlando and then you had the one over here and stuff and you got 30 here or 40 there or 80 there and you're just like, you just, it starts molding into just one big crap show of like, what is going on that, that you know, people want to blame guns. And we understand it's the person who does these things. But the thing is, how do you, I mean, let, let me hear from another, from you. Well, I mean, it's sad. I think about it all the time. I know that when I was in school, I never feared never. Never. getting shot. It never crossed, you know, elementary, junior high, high school. I never worried about or even thought that I wouldn't come back home. I mean, might get into a fight, you know, might get beat up, you know, was something maybe I, you know, would go through my head if, if I knew there was somebody that, that didn't like me or something. But that I was never coming back home to see my family was nothing that ever crossed my mind. So we now never, we never had drills. No, not not with killings. I mean, no. and insecurity that we had what what like the police department. We, we, we didn't have police officers roaming the halls or the or the campus. We had an actual employee that would probably sit at the parking lot that I can recall to make sure that maybe we didn't skip out or something. But I, I don't I don't ever recall having to worry or seeing police officers rarely come up to the school unless there was a some type of a fight and an actual assault where somebody got hurt. Other than that, you know, I, I, it was the school that dealt with it. And so to hear all these killings, you know, and 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 I kind of look at it at both sides because Somebody that that would would take a gun and shoot innocent people. I mean, you've got to be really disturbed. And there's there's signs we're just not paying attention. Um, and I think you need to, like I said, with technology today, there's a lot of good, but with it comes bad, in my view. And you know, you know kids can are with the internet can get on so many things. And I remember when I was in school, I mean, I, I didn't know what was going on in a different state. I mean, I, you know, I just didn't know what was going unless, on. Unless it made the nightly news. And, you know, you know, if you tuned in, if you had parents t tune in to watch the news, um, <clears throat> and we're talking about like Tom Brokaw and people like that. We're not talking about like your local news. We're talking about the nightly news. You know, they said, and in Kansas tonight or in right. Nebraska tonight or something, then you actually heard about it. Other than that, you, you only, kind of watched our local news. You only knew what was going yeah. on in your area. Yeah. And so now kids can get information. Uh, as and, soon as and, it happens, yeah, too. Yeah. As soon as it happens. And find ways to 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 get, you know, to do these these crimes or these killings that, that, that are happening. And... You know, to I have a daughter that's still in school, and my son, you know, of course, just graduated. But yeah, I, I fear every day that I mean, if I see a police officer up at the high school, I just sit and wonder what's going on. I mean, it's, it's just you know because I don't know with what what you see that's going on. Are the kids safe now? And I know that the schools do everything that they can to protect our, our kids, but I don't know, you know, if they can do anything that if somebody has the intentions to coming up uh, and and committing a crime like this and killings. I don't know that there's anything that we can do uh, to prevent that from happening right what, now. What I, what I always uh, explain to my students is like when 9-11 happened and you had all these people, you know, uh, saying, you know, we've got to stop this. We've got to stop people at the airports. We gotta, I've always explained to people, 
uh, on 9-11, those people that attacked us knew they, they were not going to defeat the United States. That was never their cause. When we think about the United States and we think about war, we think about big things. World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam. We don't think about the war on terror because terror is a term. It's an ideology. It's not a country. And so you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know who could be doing it. So you're living in perpetual fear, and that's why it's called terrorism. And I'd explain to my students um, that 9-11 happened, but if anybody thinks that those people that were so horrible and so disgusting and, and flew those jets and killed all those innocent people on that day were trying to defeat the United States, and you'd hear people say, they can't defeat, they, they, they know that they could. They don't have an army. They don't have the ability to do that. All they were trying to do is instill fear and it worked in some ways. You know, uh, we had the Patriot Act passed extremely fast where they, you know, the government can check anything that you're emailing, anything you're checking out at the library. Uh, you know, it's certain words that you type into Google, it goes into, you know, and th this is not conspiracy stuff. This is true. This is what they passed because we were so fearful that another 9-11 would happen that we gave some of our liberties up to ensure that it wouldn't happen again. And that's what people like Osama bin Laden wanted. They wanted to see could they change America's culture because they were never going to you know, invade us. There's 330 million of us and most Americans would do anything for their country. We're usually, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I don't care if you're black, you're white. I don't care if you're gay, you're straight. Uh, most Americans are good, honest, hardworking, decent human beings that would be the first person to give their shirt off their back no matter what it is. But we allow those other little things to come in and, and kind of tear us apart. And that's what was going to lead into <clears throat> my next uh, topic, and I, I think. Maybe well, I, I know, just I just wanted oh, to touch bases with this one thing about the the actual uh, shootings. I, I just I think that you know families like you were talking earlier about sit downs and stuff. That's gone. That that's what I needs to happen. Students, I don't hear a lot of them doing that. And I I they think take their meal and they go right. upstairs or they go out with friends. They're and I'm not going to say that it's because of that that these killings are occurring but if we can find time for family time like you said i, I can go into a doctor's office there'll be 20 people in there and everybody's got a phone kids adults i mean i'm guilty of that too i'll sit there till i wait and i'm on on you know whatever's you know facebook whatever emails whatever i got to be doing but i'm on my phone and some of us even watch a movie and, and so we've got to go back to family time sitting down eating as a family, dinners at 6 o'clock, and we all sit there and we got to communicate. Parents have to be able to communicate with their children, find out what's going on. We live in a fast-paced world. I mean, I, you know, when my kids, and my son in particular, was playing sports, we wanted him to excel, and so we were playing every weekend. You don't have time to sit. You're just trying to get through the day. You're working. You're picking them up. We're going to the game. We're eat, getting something at a, at a fast food. We're going to bed. I got to get up and go to work. You know, the, the thinking is I got to get to the next day. There is no more time to sit and really sit with your kids. Find out what's going on. Find out if they're having issues. Find out if they're getting bullied in school. Find out uh, if they're having a problem. Uh, a lot of these kids may be feeling loneliness. There's nobody there. Um, because we're too busy with all the other things that can contribute to what's happening now. So, you know, we can we can try to find out what's going on on the Internet and stuff, but we've got to go back to basic family time, sitting together like we did back in the day, find out, because if we can do that as parents and we can sit with our kids, we're going to find out or we have a better chance 
of figuring out if something's going on. You We're giving them the op- absolutely. You might hear something. The the one thing I wanted to add about the whole 9/11 terrorism and then the shootings and stuff is what I always try to explain to my students is, um, if anybody believes in psychics, this is why I prove that there are no such thing as psychics, due to the fact that a psychic means that you can read somebody else's mind, you can see the future, different things like that. If psychics existed, 9-11 never would have happened. If psychics existed, school shootings would never happen because they could read somebody else's mind until we have a technology or the ability or we're blessed by the man upstairs with the ability to read other people's minds, which I don't think that'll ever happen, but it would be awesome if we could. That's the only way that you're ever going to be able to stop things because then you would know ahead of time and therefore you would want... But the thing is... I can look at somebody any day of the week and not know what's going through their mind. I'm going to give you real quick, real quick for instance. There are people that are walking the streets today that are shopping right next to you in a store, that are in a movie theater, at, you know, and they're elderly. They're in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and they might have a smile on their face and they'll say hello to you and stuff. They were young and alive and racist in the 50s and 60s. They were at lynchings. They were at, you know, when segregation uh, was still the thing to do. The thing is, they can't show those things now. So when they pass by somebody who might be Hispanic or black, uh, and we're here in the South, they have to say, how you doing? Good day? But you can't read their mind and their heart, and they might still dislike you. There are still people that are Nazis. They're in their 90s. I saw a chilling interview with a guy who had been in a Nazi uh, uh, patrol in World War II, and he's like 95, and they're interviewing him, and it's in German, and I'm watching this documentary about the last of the Nazis. And uh, they, they asked him, you know, point blank at the end of the conversation, do you still believe in what Adolf Hitler believed in? And the guy, shook, he's 95. He's lived a very long life, and he shook his head and said yes. He was correct then. And his beliefs are still correct now. And I'm just like, I shook my head as a history teacher and as a social studies person. Like, this man was so brainwashed that 70 years after he was a young man, he still looks at Jewish people as a problem. He still looks at gypsies as a problem. He looks at homosexuals as a problem. He looks at communists as a problem. He looks at uh, 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 mentally handicapped, the elderly. Anything that Hitler said was bad and we need to do away with as a German people, which I'm not German, but as, you know, participating in something like that, he said, you know, as German people, we need to get rid of these pe- people. They're, they're not good for us. This man is 95 and he still believes in it. So the thing is, he might pass by somebody in Germany and tip his hat or, you know, help a, old, you know, a, a little girl across the street and stuff. But the thing is, he might see somebody who's uh, gay. He might see a gay couple or something and inside he's hating that. He's pissed off of that because Hitler said that's wrong and they should be put to death. But he knows in today's society he can't really do anything like that. But when he said he still believed in that, I was blown away. I was all like, he had 70 years to come back to reality, and he's still that way. So some people in today's world are still that way. They just can't show it anymore because they understand you might get your ass whipped. Or you might get arrested, or you might get fired, or you know, there's there's a multitude of different things. So they just kind of have to suck it up. So until we can read people's mind, you're not going to stop the school shootings. Uh, you're not going to stop people that want to do evil. Men that want to do evil will continue to do evil. But the only way, like how Gabriel was saying, is information, communication, t- sitting down, talking to your kids, or you're getting bullied, what's going on, stuff. And some kids don't want to admit things like that because they don't want to seem like they're you know, being weak or something. But damn, if you're pushed enough, some of these kids will do things. And that's not every kid. That's but you know, Eric, kid. it's not only that, too. It's kids read us 
um, you know, and we're so busy with stuff that really isn't going to matter in the end that if we don't, as parents, you know, make it obvious to your children and talk to them that we're there, that they can talk to us. I think these the things most, are yes. going to happen. You've got to be able to understand what's going on around you. And we can. We as the people, we as parents, we can change it. We don't need laws to be changed. I mean, when I was in school, that's what we did. We didn't have cell phones, right? So my parents sat down and they, they spoke to me. And, you know, if I did something wrong in school, they let me know, you know, this is what's going to happen. And I, I took my punishment and that was it. Didn't do it again. So going back, we, we're focusing on changing a lot of stuff, you know, and putting these things in place when they could help. But actually, it's just family sticking together and really sitting down with your children and really just sitting and just giving your time so that they know that they can come to mom, dad, single mom, single dads, whatever the case may be, an uncle, some, that, that we're there, that you can come talk to us. Because a lot of these, I don't know if a lot of these kids are really just bad kids. I have a hard time understanding that this kid just wants to come out and just kill people. I just don't think that kids are born that way and that they just want to kill. But throughout what's happening in their lives, because we don't sit, they can't speak to somebody, they feel this is their only option. And if you're a 15, 16-year-old kid with a lot of anger, um, then this may be, you may think this is my only option. No one really cares. No one's paying attention. Everybody's doing their own thing. I have no other outlet, so guess what? I'm taking this gun, and I'm going to go take some lives. So I don't know that the people that are doing it are actually really uh, kids that want to just go do it. But over time, if something's happening to you, if you're getting bullied, if you are uh, being picked on, if you feel like you're lonely, if you're being told uh, certain things that you're going to be no good. I don't know what can contribute to something like that. For me, I don't think I could ever take a gun and kill anybody, right? There may be some mental health issues here. I don't know. But these, you're not going to find these things out with your children if you don't take the time to sit there and see what's going on with your child. And I think in today's world, we're too busy and focused on too many other things uh, that we don't pay attention to what's going on in our own household. And I think that contributes to a lot of the killings and shootings that you're seeing. And that's bad because there's young, innocent lives that are being taken uh, so i think we just need to get back to really going back to what family foundation really is i don't know that it would stop the killings all but i know that it would it would definitely help because kids need uh, you need to be able to focus you need to be able to see what your kids doing i mean we all have to work but we've got to be home if you're going to be a mom if you're going to be a dad that's a big responsibility and you need to take that serious and you need to find out what your child's doing that's not once a week that's every night you need to figure out where your kids at you need to be able to monitor them and you need to be able to figure out and if you see that something's there then everything needs to stop and we need to figure out what's going on and until that happens i'm afraid we're still going to continue to see what we saw the other day out in california well i'm going to switch uh, uh switch it up a little bit. We've been talking pretty dramatic stuff, pretty deep stuff, and I hope that you guys are enjoying this. Remember, comment, subscribe, share. Comment, subscribe, share. Remember those three words because this thing is growing bigger than we thought, and it, it, we want to reach as many people as we can. We know that, like I said, we've got people that are actually overseas that are listening to this. We've got people up in the Northeast. we got people over in California that are, that are listening to this now. But we, we don't want it to just, uh, just stagnate. We want this to continue to grow. So if you enjoy it, if you think it's interesting, if you have comments, if you want to come on and be a guest, uh, I highly recommend that you guys subscribe and share it on every uh, social media platform and put in a little bitty plug for us. I mean, 
I'm, I'm not I'm not afraid to ask for a little bit of help and stuff you know we're not we're not trying to make any type of money whatsoever we're not trying to be famous uh, we don't show our faces or anything like that it, this is just all about just two guys who have lived you know a, a good amount of years uh, children uh, marriages uh, and, and and been good friends that's the most important thing and we, we want to you know get as many people that that you know let's start like a little bit uh, like a, a, a little club and, and you that know, Eric, can fit anybody in it, and we can go ahead and, and talk about whatever subjects. And I, and it's it's almost like a voice, another voice. You know, there's a lot of people. We're very much in the middle. I mean, I, I give my opinion, and uh, and and yeah, I want people to comment. If you listen to the podcast, and if you listen through the whole hour of our podcast, and there's something that you agree with, or you disagree with, uh, then you know, write a comment. Uh, and let us know what you're thinking. Uh, put it out there because whatever comments are being put out there, we're on the next podcast. We're going to be talking about it, and this is what what was said. And this is because you know we. I have my own opinion, but I'm like I told Eric, we're right in the middle. We want to hear people's uh, different sides. If you're for something or you're against something, or whatever the case may be, this is more of a voice that we talk. We just talk current events. We also talk sports, but it's also about Given us, given our opinions, and, and you know, we'll back it up with some facts. But we welcome anybody to to, to comment, uh, and and if you disagree with something, you know, and let us know what you're thinking. I and Eric would like to know what you're thinking, uh, so that we can talk about it at the next podcast and see this is what so and so this person, you know, and we'll read your comment of what was stated, and so we can get other people involved. And you never know. Or what changes can be made by people who are listening? The people got the voice. We've got the power. Podcast got the power to do whatever they need to. So the more listeners, the more input we get, uh, people hear it. Uh, and who knows uh, in the future if if this podcast that we're doing now can make a change, you know, a couple years down the road. Never know. So be listening. Uh, hopefully you'll support us. Leave a comment. We also have a Twitter page. Uh, that you can uh, go down. Also, we, it is we at the number two underscore pirates. Right. So if you want to look us up, it's at two underscore pirates. Absolutely. So hopefully you guys will get involved. Hopefully you'll like the podcast. And if you don't, let us know what we need to do. I mean, we're we're willing to make changes. Uh, I want I want us to get to two hundred subscribers now. I got hungry. Huh? We we got to a hundred last Friday. Uh, we we gained about eighteen more. Uh, so we're, we're Plug, plug us. Get, get us out there. Get, get people listening to us. We're going to be coming every Friday and even probably around the holidays so or at the beginning of the to, year. We might go to two. Uh, me and Gabriel have talked about this. I mean to cut them off. Uh, we're going to we're trying to make plans to do special stuff over Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, for for people that have special requests. Uh, so they might be a shorter uh, podcast. It may, maybe it's a twenty minute one, but it's a special one for you know people that have uh, been following us since the beginning and really want to hear one certain subject talked about and so that's not being picky or being uh showing favorites but we'll have more days off during the holidays where i won't have to be at school all day and he'll, he'll have some extra time so we can travel back and forth instead of just meeting up on fridays and uh we can and we can put out special ones special podcasts but uh right now we'll be switching to <clears throat> tales from eric's past Today's story, children, will not involve a finger being chopped off, but it's just as funny. And it's 100% true, because remember, every story that Eric brings to you is 100% true. 
This story begins on a hot summer day in the summer of 1988. Eric is 17. He has a 1979 Dodge Aspen. You remember that car, Gabriel? I sure do. A four-door blue. It was, oh, it was a sweetie. I love that car. If I could find one again, I'd buy it just to just look at it. It wasn't a muscle car or fast car or anything. It was just my first car, so that's why I loved it. That day, I'd saved up some extra money. And myself and uh, a good friend, Scott, who lived in the neighborhood, we drove over to the local Walmart. And I bought two AudioVox speakers, which was the cheapest speakers I could find. Uh, he said, do you want me to help you put them in? I said, sure, that's fine. So we went to the back part of the car, and where the back window is, we used a knife to cut holes so that I could go ahead and place them on there, and he was going to use um, the, uh, he, he would connect all the wires. So we're working on this. My next-door neighbor, Nino, uh, who is a, a good friend of mine, best friend, uh, who lived next door for a number of years with me that you'll hear more stories about him also. He came over and was like, hey dudes, what's going on? Uh, and we're like, we're just trying to put these speakers in. So it's just a normal day, it's hot out, we're cutting pieces of my car apart to try to put these two cheap $30 speakers in so I could listen to my Doobie Brothers a little bit louder. And uh, out of nowhere, we see these two cars pull up. Now the park is right in front of my house, the, the Mexican park that, we'll talk, that we've talked about, that um, there was a basketball court there that the city had put in the year before, and this is the thing that me and Gabriel will talk about from time to time, about how we stayed out, out of trouble, just off of drugs, and, and found a, a way to just make a life in memories that we still talk about to this day. And also, it's in both of my books, How the Ball Bounces and How the Ball Bounced. You can find them both on Amazon. That's a shameless plug. But anyways, what happened was these guys pulled up, and right away I recognized who they were. Scott recognized who they were. Nino didn't. Nino had already dropped out of school by this point. Uh, and he's all, you know, who are these guys? And I looked and I could tell there were five or six really, really rich kids from the country club who should be nowhere near our side of town due to the fact that there was nothing there for them, except for that basketball court that the city had built. And as we continued to go ahead and hook up these things, one of them looked over and said, hey, what's going on, DeWolf? You live here? And I said, yeah, this is my house and stuff. And you know, I don't want to say I felt ashamed, but, you know, they had these brand new cars and we're trying to put in the cheapest speakers that you could possibly find due to the fact that we didn't have any money. You know, I had to save up and stuff. And, you know, you're looking at these guys the same age, you know, clean cut. They got everything in the world that they'd want. And so they start shooting on our rims and Nino keeps looking at them. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just going to make sure that these guys don't mess up our court because this is all we had. You know, there was nothing there for us to do. And we had played basketball every single night and it kept us out of trouble, like I said. And, and we loved basketball, and it was the friendship type thing. So m myself and Scott continued to keep putting them in. And then I hear Nino, and there might be some curse words. I know that we've been trying to keep this clean, but to tell you the story, it's got to it's gotta have that little bit of panache to it. It's got to have that little flavor, that, you know, kick it up a notch. So Nino uh, says, hey, no, 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 no. What the hell do you think you bastards are doing? And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Scott is still helping me try to get this wired together so that we can get this fixed. And I was like, Nino, what's going on? He's all like, they're screwing up our court. Now, I could be using a lot of F-bombs here because the words that I'm using, there was a lot of F-bombs that, uh, that he used, but I'm not using them because I'm trying to keep it kind of PG-13. Nino says, give me the knife. And uh, Scott's all, what? I haven't cut the second hole out. And he's all, give me the freaking knife. That was an F-bomb right there, but, you know, he's, I use freaking. 
So he's all, why? And he's all, because I'm going to stab these white bit bastards and stuff. And, of course, there's some more F-bombs. Scott, like, looks at me like, do I give him the knife? And they're like, what are you going to do about it, Mexican? Well, Nino uh, didn't really take that the way that he wanted to. And these five white guys were trying to slam dunk on our, on our basketball rims. And for those of you that are too young to understand, back then there wasn't really breakaway rims in most cities. So these were like screwed in, and if you hung on them, they bent. So Nino's all, don't F up my, our rims. This is all we got. And they're like, shut up, Mexican. And I was just like, crap's going to hit the fan. There's five of them, and there's three of us, but this is our neighborhood. This is our, you know, we're going to protect what's ours. Then, as Scott finally gets the last wire together, and he says, you know, kick on the, the radio, I turn it on, I put my cassette in, you hear Michael McDonald's awesome voice start singing, you hear Nino say, oh, no, no, that shit ain't gonna work, give me the freaking knife. I turn back around, and they're laughing at him, and they've bent both of our rims down, completely bent them down. And they're like, now try to play on it Mexican, Nino takes the knife, starts walking towards them. They, they then realize this guy's crazy. He's going to hurt us. And he's all, you get your asses out of here. Or I'm going to stab your asses. So they jump in their trucks. They peel out on our park, leaving donuts, and they go back to their side of town, with, which is the country club. So we're sitting there, the three of us, not worried about the cassette anymore or the radio or the speakers. We're looking at our, our one thing in life that we loved, and it's, it's jacked up. It's broken. It, you can't use it anymore. You couldn't re-bend. You can't bend these back into shape or anything. It's, it's over. So we're not going to play basketball. The one thing that we love. Later on that day, a good friend of ours, <clears throat> me and Gabriel's, that we played in several tournaments with and one hell of a nice guy that I wish he was still here, but he passed away. His name was Jack. He came by, and uh, he knocked on my door, and he had parked his car out by the park. And I answered, and he's all like, hey, DeWolf, what's going on? Why are the, uh, the rims bent? So now some assholes came over and they, uh, they, they were jacking around and they decided to go ahead and ruin it for us over here. And he's all, this is our park, though. Now, Jack didn't live there. And, and let me just, uh, just kind of mention this uh, as Eric tells the story. Uh, Jack was uh, a guy who came out to the park every afternoon, Monday through Friday. Um, he would work, obviously, right? And then when he got off work... Uh, probably take a few minutes to change or whatever but he was always out there about the certain time you could almost i could almost guarantee you that he would be there so him coming out and seeing the the rims bent it meant a lot to him because he was out there daily uh shooting baskets with us so i just kind of wanted to mention yeah and and that's how we got the, he uh jack was several years older than us so we didn't really hang out with him in school but at the park he was one of our brothers and when he saw what had happened, he said, no, I'm not going to stand for this shit. And like I said, I apologize for the cursing. I know that we've been trying to keep it clean. But, you know, even to this day, all these years later, 30-some-odd years, it still pisses me off that those guys went over there purposely to ruin other people's stuff. It wasn't like they it was an accident. They did, they did it to both rims. They were just jerks. So Jack says, well, what are we going to do about this? And I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't it wasn't like the Walmart in town sold rims or anything. It wasn't like any of us had rides to Corpus to go ahead and go buy one. There was no academies back then in Corpus and stuff. And I didn't even know how much a rim would cost. And so Jack said, let me look into this and I'll try to get it fixed. Jack left in his car. 
I, I met up with Gabriel. I met up with uh, Nino, Scott. You know, we were all talking about it. We came out to the park. People passed by the park that played nightly. You know, they'd show up that were not necessarily friends of ours, but they were, they were people that we hung out with. And they would, uh, they were all asking us, you know, DeWolf, what happened to the, you know, to, to the rims? And I'm all like, these guys came down, they bent them. You know, they, they tried to dunk and they, 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 uh, they bent them. Well, who are these guys and stuff? I'm, you know, I was just like, there's just some dudes from high school. They were just, they, they were just screwing with us and stuff. But we're going we're gonna to try to figure out how to get some rims. I don't know how. As I'm talking to one of the guys who pulls up and says that, Jack comes back. And I'm all like, hey, what are you doing? He's all like, um, hey, you pull your car up on, 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 because you could pull onto the park and you could pull up onto the court. The court, the court is made out of asphalt. It wasn't out of cement or anything. So every time that it rained, if you think about potholes on a street, that happened to our basketball court. That's, the city made it, but they made it real poor. They, they, they spent the least amount of money they possibly had to. So I pull up underneath one rim, and Jack pulls his car up underneath the other rim. I'm all like, Jack, what are we doing? He's, he's all, hey, do you, does your dad have any, uh, you know, wrenches or uh, uh, screwdrivers or anything that we can use? I was all, yeah, sure. So I go in, and you know how every dad has that big-ass chest of just a bunch of tools that he never uses. And my dad's all, what are you doing? I said, I'm just trying to find stuff. I was all, we're going to get to play tonight. And he had heard what happened. He was pissed off. He wanted to know if I wanted to drive over to the country club and conf- because that's just where my dad was. You know, he was all like, no, this is bullshit. They're not going to go and screw things up. I was all, Dad, we'll, we'll get it fixed. Don't worry about it. Um, Jack had two brand-new rims with nets on them. And I was like, what, where'd you get this? He's all, don't worry about it. He's all, let's put them up. So we spent the next like 15 or 20 minutes on each side putting them up. And when we got off, we moved our cars. I parked my car back in the driveway, which is about literally 25 feet away. And Jack parked back in the ditch, like how he always did. And he's all, let's play some ball, guys. We start playing ball. And we finished the night playing basketball. We, we did the thing that we loved, that made us friends, that got us together, that kept us out of trouble. It was there. When we were done playing, I uh, was walking off and I was going to go back home. I said, Jack, I don't know how you did it, man, but you saved us. You got us bas- You got us rims the same day that they were basically torn down. Thank you, man. He's all, oh, anything. This is, this is our home, and you don't mess with our home. Made me feel really good. Then I turned back to Jack, and I said, where'd you get them? He's all, let's just put it this way. There's an elementary that's going to be missing a couple rims out on their little basketball courts for the kids. And then he just smiled, and I smiled at him, and we had a basketball court again. And that's a 100% true story. And let me just say that at this park, and I, I, Eric and I always joke around about this when we talk, but there's bigger parks in Rockford. This is a very small park in, in the neighborhood. It's actually Spencer Park, but uh, I, and I can't really remember. I don't know if you know where did the Mexican park name come from. I, I don't recall. I just remember kids at school, predominantly white kids, calling it the Mexican park because... It was literally about 95 to 98 percent, I'd say, Hispanic. In the uh, neighborhood, yes. Uh, there was uh, an African-American lady that lived across the street from us, and then there was us, and that was about it. Um, there were a few Vietnamese families that lived in the apartments, but they didn't really ever participate in basketball or anything or come out there and stuff. So it was known as the Mexican part, but in an endearing way due to the fact that uh, it was just only Hispanics that lived there, except for this one, you know, widow, me. And, uh, and it was a wonderful place. And we'll probably do one podcast just over just the Mexican park, the memories that we had there, the people that were there. And it was a time and place that we were young and uh, there were so many temptations out there. And the one thing that kept us on the, nar- the straight and narrow besides, you know, parenting and the usual thing like that was each other. 
and a belief in this park and basketball. And uh, trust me, there was things there and we'll get into later on in another podcast that definitely could have led me or Gabriel down the wrong road, and we would not be sitting here tonight so close and to I, yet another Thanksgiving and being thankful for what we have and stuff. We could have, we could have gone like. And you know, Eric, and, and the thing is, is and I'll, yeah, we'll do a podcast, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll definitely would love to talk about what that park meant to me, but just in, cl- in closing on this matter right the thing about that park was um the way we got the rims yeah i don't know you know but uh (laughs) i i i i know why uh we got those rims we're talking about 40 to 60 plus people out there a night um actually just going out there and playing basketball and just hanging around i mean you could get out there at five o'clock and basically just to kind of tell you, you'd form teams. And the court wasn't big enough for five on five. No, it, was, it was a full court, but they didn't build like an authentic 82-foot basketball court. It was much smaller, so it made it easier to play three on three or two on two. Uh, but you could not fit five on five on this court. And, and a couple times we tried to do four, four on four. four. That was even a little yeah. bit too much. So three on three was just – it was perfect. It was like a Picasso or a Rembrandt or a Van Gogh. It was just – it was meant to happen. We yeah. were young. We weren't old. We weren't in our 20s or 30s where we had other distractions. We were young. We were poor. We didn't have a whole lot going for us. And then this thing was created. And it's it's been a part of my life and a part of Gable's life for well over 30 years that we still talk about it. We talk about it to our kids. We have old videos from when we were out there and stuff. And I know it sounds silly to some people. They're like, well, it's basketball. It's a park. It was a way of life for other people in the community that would come all the way over to our side of town which there was nothing there for them. There was no stores other than a convenience store and a bunch of older rundown houses and government apartments. But there was this one park and it became the mecca of basketball in Rockport where you had people come every single night and try to form a team of three guys. And as long as you won, you kept that court. And the most amazing, outstanding thing that you could do when you're at the Mexican park is hold court. And if you're a team that held court for like five straight games, you never took a break. You won, there'd be another team right up to play you. And if you could hold court five or six times, we'd say at the end of the night, hey, who held court? And if it was me and Gabriel and Scott, or me and Gabriel and Jack, or anybody, uh, and we said, man, we got six games tonight. Who, who, who got more than that? And then you name somebody else. They're like, oh, they only got three. You were the champions that night. You didn't get no freaking trophy or anything, but you walked away knowing we were the dudes tonight that ran that court. And, Eric, I'd like to add that most of the time we played four on four, right? So we always had our team. We knew, Eric and I knew uh, that, you know, we would get my cousin Roel and Jack. It was usually us that played. But, you know, what was interesting was – People would come up, so we would get game. And if you won, you know, you just took a quick break, go across the street to Nino's house. There was no water There's fountain no water out there. We took uh, – everybody just walked over there, turned on the hose, drank some water, and right straight back up the on hose, the court. The and, you know, the thing was was that people didn't leave. So, you know, if you if you showed up around 630 – uh, and, you know, I've got game. Well, you know, there's probably seven teams before you. That person wouldn't leave. I no, got they, game. And it wasn't like somebody wrote down. You just, I got game, I got next game. And so somebody, if you lost, you'd probably have to wait two hours just to get back on that court but again. But you didn't leave. 
And there was like how we talked about the cell phones earlier and uh, Netflix and different things. Like that. There was nothing like that. So what happened is you would stay to watch the competition, to hang out with your friends. Some people drank, some people smoked some funny stuff, uh, but it, it, that they stayed. And it was remarkable because you'd sit there and say, man, there's like four teams in front of you. And they're like, dude, I'm going to kick it here. They'd turn on Metallica. They'd turn on ACDC. People would just jam out to that. And it was a social event. And this happened like every night. We're not talking about weekends. We're talking about every night this would happen and stuff. And on weekends, we'd go to one, two, three o'clock in the morning, running back and forth, running back and forth. It was an amazing and you know, time. And you know, and I'll tell you, if you if you came to the park, if, if people came to the park and and there was nobody out there and you didn't have a basketball, you knew to go over to Nino's house and he may not be there and knock on the door and his mom would answer and she'd give us the basketball yes. and the basketball would be out there. But there were, there was the, the police officers were never called out there for never. any type of disturbance. With all the amount of people that were out there, uh, the drinking stuff, everybody got along. And I always tell Eric and joke around, you'll never see that again, ever. It, it'll never happen. Even if we tried to do it now and called up people and got some type of reunion, we couldn't get it. It was just a special time at a special place. That be, that park became so popular. People went there. There was just two, I don't know if there were swing sets, but there, there was nothing there other than to so play basketball. You, you, you had the swing sets down on each end, and then slowly they took things away. On one side, they had a what is it called? Merry-go-round. A merry-go-round, mm -hmm. and the city took that out because they thought it was dangerous. On the other side, you had the teeter-totters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seesaw. Mm -hmm. They took those out, and then you're down to just the uh, swings and the slides, yeah. and then they slowly took those out, and then before you knew it, they ripped everything out of the ground, and then all you still had was the basketball court. But and no is, curfew. That was the thing. The, there, was there was no, no curfew, curfew, so you so could play till 2 in the morning yeah, if you wanted to. Five, but the thing is, we didn't – I mean, if somebody cussed it – it wasn't that big of a deal. Most people didn't really care and stuff. But the thing is, Gable's correct. When you had 15, 20 cars parked at a park, you think, God, there's got to be illegal activities going on. And I'm not saying that there wasn't some illegal activities going on, but we all got along. The people that were going to smoke weed, they stayed to their side and smoked weed. And you might go over and say hi to them just to be social and stuff. But if you didn't do things like that, they didn't tell you, hey, you should do this. They just did their thing and stuff. The people over here that were showing up drinking beer, they drank their beer and they put the beer cans in the bed of their truck or in the back of their car. They didn't just leave it. Nobody trashed the park. Everybody was respectful. And, you know, when we talk about this, it didn't go on for very long. They built it like in 87. And I'd say by 91-ish, it was over. There was only about a four-year period there, 91, 92 at the, at the latest. And that's when they started changing things. The, the city came in. They took down both basketball uh, goals. They put one up at 12 feet uh, so nobody would want to play there. And if you pass by Spencer Park in Little Bitty Rockport, Texas now, you'll see a full. You'll see the court again. It's cement now. And I believe they have a water fountain out there, and they have nice rims up and stuff. But you won't see 15 or 20 cars. Nope. You won't see it. You might see a couple kids shooting at it every now and then and stuff, but it, the, the – the uh, the beautifulness, the amazingness, the uh, uh, just the awesomeness of, of that park, and those three or four years that we had basketball games there uh, never happened before, and it'll never happen again. And I'm just glad that I was I was involved. Let's move on real quick. We're going to do one thing, and then we're going to get to the sports because I know Gabriel's dying to do the sports and stuff. We're going to go ahead and do um, our lightning round. This is our lightning round. So. <clears throat> I've decided to cut it down from 10 questions down to five. And, uh, um, you know, I'm no good at this. I don't, even, I don't know why you insist on doing this and putting just, me on the spot when you I know that I'm do not. It. I just want to do it. <laughs> All right. So here we go. 
Gabriel, I've already written down my answers. Let's see what Gabriel says. Here's the, fun, here's the click of the pen. Number one, your, what is your favorite ice cream uh, flavor? Vanilla. Vanilla, because he is vanilla. <laughs> uh, what is your, what is your uh, no, no, what day of the week do you hate the most? Monday. Monday? What comes to mind the moment I say fruit? You said what now? Fruit. Fruit? Like what fruit would come to mind when you hear oh, fruit? Grapes. A grape? All right. Um, what is something that you dislike that most other people seem to like? Something that you're just like, I guess I'm rare. I just don't like this. Anything. What if I told you I liked everything? Nah. I know something. Something that I dislike. Uh, anything? Anything. Anything that I see. That most know? people seem to all like. But you're, it's just something that you're like, I've just never liked that. I don't know why. But almost everybody that you've ever bumped into said, I, yeah, you don't like this? Are you crazy? I mean, it could be anything. It could be a TV show. It could be food. It could be music. It could be anything. There's, but there's something that you, you're, it's unique about you as Gabriel that you've never, you're just like, I've, I've never actually wow. liked that ever. But, mo but most people do. Not like teenagers or older people, but most people. I don't know. I really don't know. Did I stump, uh, uh, stump you on that one? I think so. We'll put a question mark. And Maybe the last when you one, say your answer, it'll pop. Something will pop uh, up on this. The show. last one. Uh, if you woke up tomorrow and found out that you had just won a million dollars, what would you do? I'd marry Salma Hayek, and I'd move to Hawaii. And there he is on his Selma Hayek in Hawaii thing. We've got to get this guy to Hawaii. I swear to God, we're going to set up a GoFundMe site. Uh, but, but seriously, if you won the, if you with a million dollars, what would you do? Probably. If I if I ever won the lotto, which I don't play, but if I did, um, I would give back. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've realized how important that is, and that's just uh, you know building something in my hometown for kids, um, keep them off the streets. Uh, help out a lot of charities. Uh, I see a lot of things on social media now where there's benefits and stuff, and I wish I could always help. It's something that when I see, you know, even if you give $10, it's good, but, but you know, if, if I had the money, that's what I would do. I, I would probably open up a, a few businesses for myself and for my family, but, but I would definitely uh, give back to my, to, to my church, um, help build, continue to build, and make uh, the, the church stronger uh, is something that we need. So I would definitely give to uh, a Sacred Heart Catholic Church there in Rockport, but I would also help out charities and people that were in need and build stuff around around town for kids. I mean, I think that's the most important thing. So that's, that's what I would do with the bulk of my money. Well, I definitely um, wouldn't buy five cars well, and three houses. Um, well, I'm going to sound like a complete asshole after that. <laughs> When I read you my answers. Uh, favorite ice cream, you said vanilla. I said coffee. Uh, day of the week, you said Monday. I said Sunday. Uh, Wait a minute. Why, why do you dislike Sunday? Uh, ever since I was a little kid, I always get depressed on Sundays. I always get depressed because I know that school is next. I, can, I actually uh, got I can depressed on Monday when I had to get up and see, go to but school. But that's the reality. I know Monday is going to be school. I know Monday is going to be work or something like that. But Sunday should be a free day. Like Saturday, you feel alive. And you're like, yeah. we got the whole world. And Friday night, you like tonight, I'll feel alive. Sunday, you can ask my wife. I've never, ever since I've been a little kid, because I, I, I'm thinking so far ahead, I'm like, tomorrow's school. 
Yep. I have to go to school. When I was a little kid, when I was a teenager, tomorrow's school. So I can't, I'm, I guess I'm sad or something, but I'm so depressed on Sundays because I'm like, I'll watch the football, NFL football games or whatever's on and stuff, but in my mind, I'm like, another hour's clicking by. I remember you probably start getting depressed toward the evenings. Maybe you watch the 12 o'clock game and then when you I watch the three, but after the three o'clock, yeah. When it gets to three or four and you're in the afternoon games, I'm like, yeah, it's over. It's over, yeah. yeah. Go to, and now that I'm a teacher, I, I don't want anybody out there to think that I don't love working or anything, but I mean, it is it, it is who I am. Well, it's just so where, yeah. I just, on Sundays, it's just, I, I, I don't want to do nothing. I just, you know, people will be like, come on, we have the whole day. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Tomorrow, tomorrow I've got to get up. Tomorrow is another freaking day of work, and I don't. It's that. It's just you lose your yeah, freedom. Yeah, I yeah, understand. Uh, right. Number three, uh, he said grapes uh, for the what came to his mind. I said bananas. I don't know why. Um, something that you dislike. He was stumped on that. I'm going to tell you something. And my students, every single year that they say, Mister Wolf, what's something that you don't like that everybody else seems to like? Or somehow it'll come up. Cheesecake. I hate cheesecake. Every single time I eat cheesecake, I can taste the cream cheese in it. And to me, I grew up, my mom used to make cream cheese and crackers. You'd get like um, um, graham crackers and you'd spread the cream cheese on it and you'd eat that as a snack or something. So I got used to cream cheese being something like that. It doesn't matter what type of dessert it is. If it's a cheesecake and uh, I, I can taste it. And so I, I hate it. And the, the, my students will look at me like I'm freaking crazy, but I'm like, I can't, I can't help it. I don't like the taste. My wife likes it. My boys like it. Everybody I've ever known seems to like cheesecake. I don't. I don't like well, it. I'll tell you what I don't like. Okay, but it's, it's probably a lot of a lot of people. I've never liked spinach, oh, I but spinach. I think a lot of people don't like spinach. But see, I grew up with spinach. My mom made yeah. me eat it. You know, I'm not saying anything about my wife, but she doesn't like spinach. So if she grew up not having to eat spinach, then I have to be the person to buy the spinach for the no. house. But the thing is, she doesn't make the boys eat it. Because she didn't grow up with that, but she grew up with lima beans, which I think lima beans are disgusting. Yeah, she like makes the boys either. eat lima beans. I'm like, that's not fair. What about my mom? My mom made me eat spinach. The boys should have to eat spinach. Yeah. But, I didn't. Know, I, it, I, it, yeah. it all depends on how you grew up. Yeah, I didn't. And, I didn't like spinach. And, and the last thing, if you won a million dollars, you know, of course, he said he'd want to go ahead and be with Selma Hayek in Hawaii, which is uh, the two things that he seems to really zone in on, if you know what I'm talking about. But he actually said in real life he'd like to go ahead and give to charities, help out his church, help out the community, help out the youth. And, uh, you know, maybe even start a couple businesses to employ people in the Rockport area, but also make a little bit of money for himself. But also, you know, the main thing is he was talking about helping others, which uh, is, a, is a wonderful thing for us to do. Um, like I said, I might be considered an asshole with my answer. My answer was uh, I pay off our house. Uh, you, you know, we have a house payment. And I, when I see that come out every single month, it kills me. A little bit more and more. I'd invest some of the money for my boys to go to college. Uh, you know, Jacob uh, is my oldest. He's 18. He'll be leaving soon, so I wouldn't be able to invest very much for him. But the other two are younger, so I try to set up college for them uh, so that they wouldn't have to worry about that because we know how student loans can kill people off uh, slowly and it takes forever to pay them off. Uh, and the last thing is. I would want to spend a little bit of the money to go to Papua New Guinea, like I might have already said in a previous podcast about spreading my dad's ashes there uh, where he fought against the Japanese because uh, he definitely, uh, uh, part of my dad died uh, over there. His body came back, uh, but part of him died over there. So uh, I would like to have the little bit of remains that I have of him go back to where he once was and due to the fact that that made such a huge impact on his life, not necessarily in a good way at all, but it did change him as a man. Uh, I didn't really go into the whole charities thing because I was just thinking off the top of my head. But I, I, I would help people too. I swear. And I would, or maybe I try to get some hike to go out with him. I don't know. I would definitely buy him tickets to get his ass to Hawaii because that's all he wants to do. 
right, that is all I want to do. We're going to turn it do. over to uh, Gabriel for sports now. And then after that, we'll do uh, the five quick facts. And uh, then we'll let you guys go. All right. Well, uh, you know, I was telling you earlier, I, uh, we follow a lot of pages. Uh, you know, I, I follow like the Rockport basketball page and stuff. And I read uh, yesterday or I think the day before uh, there was a – a gentleman, a, a, a kid that uh, goes to school in Aransas Pass, and I, I hope I get his name. Yeah, and he was uh, just wanted so that we could send out some uh, uh, prayers um, for this kid uh, out of Aransas Pass. I don't know exactly uh, what's going on, but uh, if you can just keep him in your prayers, uh, it, it, this gentleman and uh, and his family, uh, the nurses and doctors, if you can just. Kind of say a prayer tonight uh, and keep him in your prayers and the family. Don't know exactly what's going on, but prayers can't hurt. So I just wanted to go ahead and, and mention this on the podcast because I something I read and, and like I told Eric, something that, uh, you know, prayers uh, can always, well, they do help. And so when we can, you know, uh, mention this, I hope people that listen to this podcast will keep this, this gentleman and his family in prayers. Uh, also, um, we did the, the high school picks, Eric. Um it came out uh, that uh, um, there was a couple of playoff games. Yes. Um, last night, uh, and uh, I, I did see the one game, the Miller game last night. Uh, what, it was a really good game. You went to that game? No, 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 oh. no. It was uh, televised. Um, and so. Well, what ended up happening? I didn't Miller won 28-21. Oh, really? uh, yeah. At, over at Buck Stadium. Yeah, I actually thought that they were going to. Who did they play? Uh, Brownsville Pace. Uh, so they come out, I think, the, the bottom seed, which really doesn't matter. You make the playoffs, you make the playoffs. But uh, but it was a really good game. Uh, I don't think Miller brought – well, they, Miller didn't bring their A game. But you're not going to bring your A game all the time. They're probably also and the weather, yeah, if you and, think and about and, uh, it. The weather. But, you know, you found a way to win. And uh, and so congratulations to the Miller Bucks. Uh, they move on. I think they'll be up in the San Antonio area, I think, next week. It was a good game, but uh, – they did make, they did win, and so we want to congratulate them and wish them luck in their uh, next week. And hopefully that this team will will get to the playoffs. You know, I always tell people uh, we expect them to dominate uh, every game, and you're not, you're not going to dominate. I mean, you just can't, you just can't, can't dominate uh, every team. But champions find a way to win, and so whether you win by one point or you win by fifty, a win's a win. And last night they were able to to get this win and move on. And I think that they'll actually play better this next week. But uh, it was a good game. Miller Bucks did take the win last night over Brownsville Pace. Uh, another team that played was, of course, our old alma mater, Rockport, uh, played a team that we had played last year and really beat them uh, last year, and we beat them again. So uh, they beat the Progresso uh, Red Ants, I think it was. I didn't go to the game, but it was something like 61 or something to zero. So uh, they'll advance uh, to the second round. Don't know exactly who they're going to be playing, uh, the teams. I think it's uh, Bandera Hondo. I'm not sure on that. I, I have it written down, but I don't have it in front of me. But uh, whatever team wins tonight uh, will play Rockport, and they'll probably be playing up in the San Antonio area. Um, there was a uh, uh, another team that played last night I saw, the Odom Owls, uh, played Stockdale, and they lost. Uh, I thought that they would win. I had them predicted to win, but they lost uh, 24-20. So their season ends. But they had a great season. They do every year, uh, and uh, they'll be coming back uh, stronger next year. I'm sure, uh, and uh, so I'll continue to just kind of run down the list of of uh, teams that will be playing tonight, uh, and see uh, if we can if they can become uh, victorious. Uh, you also have the Flower Bluff Hornets uh, versus the Rio Grande City Rattlers. Who do you got? 
Flower Bluff. Flower Bluff. So do I. Uh, you got, uh, I think it's Palmview Lobos against Victoria West Warriors. I have Victoria. Victoria's been playing pretty good, but I know that we don't really stay up with the Victoria teams because they're not in the I'm Coastal Bay. Victoria for sure. Okay. Uh, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial Eagles. Uh, Mission Veterans. The Patriots. I'm going Vets uh, here, the Corpus team. Yeah, I got the I got Vet also. Southside Cardinals, Pioneer Diamondbacks. I have no idea either team. I'm going Southside. I've seen a little bit of their 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 not their games, but uh, the uh, chats that people say. So this is a pretty pretty good team. Uh, the Coyotes from Alice, uh, Mercedes Tigers. I'm going to go uh, the Coyotes just because they're a local team. Ooh, I got Mercedes. But I'm hoping Alice wins, but I, I got Mercedes. Uh, Ed Couch, Elsa, Yellow Jackets, uh, number three, Cal Allen, Wildcats. Cal Allen. I got Cal Allen. Uh, Sherryland Rattlers versus number eight, Calhoun, Sand Crabs. I got Calhoun. I got Calhoun. I think Calhoun's going to go pretty far this year. I do. Uh, there may even be a rematch if they continue to with win Cal between Cal Allen. That would be good. That would be interesting. Being Cal Allen twice uh, in the same season, uh, once for district, and then also in the playoffs would be a magical thing for people that hate Cal Allen. Oh, I don't know. If they meet up again, though, I don't know if Cal well, Allen has Cal it to. won't win, but it would just be nice if they Oh, I, I tell you, if, if yeah. they meet up again, maybe you and I should should, should go to that game. You know, we'll take the it, it, yeah, yeah, it'll be here in, in Corpus. And so if they meet up again, um, hopefully it'll be here in Corpus. Or wherever it's at, maybe we can go. That'd be a good game to watch. Uh, the Bourne Greyhounds, Hidalgo Pirates. I got Bourne. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Grula Gators, Gonzalez Apaches. They're a little bit up north. I'm going Gonzalez. No Here's one. Zapata Hawks, uh, the Beaville Trojans. They're ranked number 10. I'll go Beaville. Yeah, Beaville's going to be good. I, I, they're they're, they're going to be good for the next couple of years, I think. Lavernia Bears, Lafayette Lions. I have no idea. I'm going uh, Lafayette. I should go Lavernia, but I'm going Lafayette down the Valley team. You know, some of these Valley teams have gotten a lot better, Eric. Oh, yeah. We used to just a couple years ago, we used to just you know go down there. It was just like we just bypass them. You know, we're just going to beat them and, and go. That's not the case anymore. These guys are hungry, uh, and they're beating a lot of these teams up in the Corpus area. So we've got to we got to be better prepared when we play the Valley teams. Uh, the West Oso Bears, the Raymondville Bearcats. It's over for West Oso tonight. Yeah, West Oso will be gone. Uh, I'm taking Raymondville. I do hope that Westoso wins, but I don't think they will. Port Isabel, uh, Tarpon, the Sentin Pirates. Sentinel will win. Ooh, you think they're going to win? Why do you think they're going to win? Is it because you saw them play Ingleside and you like the way they no, played? It's because it's Port Isabel, no. Port Isabel, no. I'm going Sentin too, but I think it's going to be a close game. This is a game that's going to be played over at Buck Stadium. Actually, it's already, uh, I think it's going to start here in a few minutes. Rio, Hondo uh, Bobcats, Orange Grove Bulldogs. Orange Grove. Okay. George West won last night. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, I said Odom won. Uh, how about the Tab Greyhounds? They're going to play a state rank. Uh, I think it's Pope Pirates. Um, I don't want to hurt Gabriel's feelings, so I'm going to go with Taft. Well, they're not gonna I, 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 I'll tell you this. Um, I do wish the Greyhounds luck. It's been a good season. Uh, they have been out of the playoffs for a while. This, this early in the playoffs, a state-ranked team. Yeah. It's just tough. Uh, and so they've had a good a good season making the playoffs. They hadn't done that in a while. So hopefully that's 
that's uh, signs of good things coming uh, over in Taft. They've, they've got a new coach that was able to put them in the playoffs. So hopefully they'll continue and get better. But, yeah, I think they're coming across a really tough Pirate team, a state-ranked team, and uh, I, just, I just don't see the Greyhounds winning. But I do wish them luck and hope they can pull it out. You never know what can happen in a game. Uh, and then, of course, it's uh, the referral Bobcats. Does it really matter who they're going to play this round? They're going to win? No, they're going to win. Okay. They could play even the Cowboys probably. <laughs> well, come on now. Come on now. Let's not get there. But uh, that really uh, kind of sums up this week's picks. Uh, and we'll come back next week and we'll see how some of these teams that we picked uh, fared, if they'll advance or if their season will be over and they'll go into the offseason and wait till next year. There, there's, there was also, Eric, a couple of uh, games throughout the week, NBA games, mm-hmm. that um, I think are going to be kind of interesting. Of course, you know, being that we're from Texas, I, I, love, the, I love the Spurs, you know. They're kind of struggling now, the Rockets, and then, of course, we talk about the Mavericks. And so um, you're going to have uh, on the 14th, Dallas Mavericks, New York Knicks. Uh, the Mavericks win that easily. Okay. On the 15th of November, you're going to have the uh, San Antonio Spurs, Orlando Magic. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Go back. It's just the um, Mavericks. When, what, when is the Mavericks play? They, wasn't that or last t- night? It might have been. Yeah, no, the, the Mavericks lost. They see? lost. I swear to God, they lost to the Knicks. I didn't see what was I was watching the Miller game. What was it? 106-103, I believe that was the score. What's going lost. on with the Mavericks? I have no idea. And how did they lose to the Knicks? Why, that, see how easily I said Mavericks should win? because I thought it was a future game that actually took place last night. When wow. I looked at the scores today, they lost. Wow. Okay, so tonight the Spurs, the Magic. Uh, I'll go Spurs. Uh, tonight you're going to have the Indiana Pacers, Houston Rockets. Rockets. Today is the 15th, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, then your Boston Celtics, because the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, the Celtics have the best record in the league. I'm you had to throw that in there, didn't you? You just had to throw that in there, uh, didn't you? All I asked you was to God make a pick. Straight. Uh, they're going to win tonight against Golden State, uh, and they'll be 10-1, and one, 10 straight victories, and number one in the NBA. That's all I got to say, baby. That's all I got to say. Uh, on the 16th of November, you've got the Houston Rockets, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, where at? Uh, Minnesota. You know, I'll go Houston, but I think it's going to be close. I the think it's going to be close. Have not been playing that bad lately, and uh, if Harden has an off night and just keeps shooting, uh, it, it could easily be a defeat for the Rockets because uh, that's happened several times already this year. Well, the Rockets are playing better defense. Let's just hope that's a good sign to come. But uh, yeah, you're right. I've got Houston, but it's going to be a close one. Uh, and then on November 16th, you got the Portland Trailblazers uh, and the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. Well, that'll be the first game back for Carmelo Anthony, who's back in the NBA now because uh, Trailblazers just picked him up last night. Um, Spurs. I got, I got Spurs also. Uh, also November 16th, the Milwaukee Bucks, Indiana Pacers. Uh, where at? Indiana. I'm going to go Indiana. I, I know the Bucks have Antetokounmpo, but Indiana plays tough at home, and uh, uh, I, I, I think it'll be close, but I think Indiana wins maybe five points or less. Hmm. I got Milwaukee, uh, and then I guess November sixteenth, the Toronto Raptors, the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. Well, if the Mavericks choked against the yeah. Knicks like they did last night, it's going to be one of two things: they're going to choke again, or they're going to come out upset. And Luka Doncic is young and an excellent player, uh, but I'm going to go in Toronto. I'll go with the Raptors in Toronto. I'm going Toronto, and they're playing in Dallas. 
Oh, well, I'll still take. Four. Yeah, I got Toronto also. And then uh, here's uh, uh, your team: the Boston Celtics on November seventeenth, Sacramento Kings. Celtics again. Yeah, I got the Celtics. We're just rolling, team. baby. We're rolling. Yeah, you are. And then on uh, uh, November eighteenth, Portland Trailblazers, Houston Rockets, in Houston. Houston. And then uh, on that same day, November eighteenth, San Antonio Spurs, Dallas Mavericks, in I'm, Dallas. I'm gonna take Dallas for that one. And on November 18th, your Boston Celtics at the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns are surprising people there. They have a winning record. They're doing better than people thought, but it's Celtics. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hard. Kim, Kim Walker's playing lights out, man. That was a great pick. Damn, if they win all those games in a row, that'd be like a 11-1 and or 12-1 and record to start the season, which I don't know the last time the Celtics did something like that. And uh, the last time was probably when they had Pierce, Allen, and Garnett. And those are three Hall of Famers, and we don't have Hall of Famers on our team right now. So if Boston beats Phoenix on that night, how about November 20th? Boston Celtics versus the Los Angeles Clippers in L.A. It all Possibly Paul George back, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, it all depends if Kawhi Leonard's going to play or not. He's already taken a third game off yeah. this season to rest his 26-year-old. Uh, I almost uh, – it pisses me off. They've only played like 12 games. He's taken three games off, and he's not injured just to rest. I'm all like, Jesus, these are the most – Load supreme, management, load management. These are the most supreme athletes in, in the world. I mean, these guys can run for hours. They can jump out of the gym and stuff, and they're like, I'm a bit tired. Just come on. I don't know. You're the paying NBA's... $35 million. Get your ass out on the court. And you don't play the whole year either. Hell no. There's plenty of time to rest. So, yeah, I don't know that I agree with the load management. There's but four Celtics that played the whole season last year, made it into the playoffs, and then played for Team USA and played all the way through till August, never having the summer off. Where was Kawhi? Resting. He had the whole summer off. I mean, he's chilling after the playoffs are over and stuff. It's like Eric being a school teacher and saying, you know what, Eric, you, you yeah, need a yeah, rest. Yeah, so, uh, you know what, you're going to get, uh, uh, you know, since you dislike uh, Sundays because of Monday, how about we give you Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off, you know, since you can rest because you got to go Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I mean, how, how fitting would that be to be able to get a next day off? I I'm going to put forth to the school board. <laughs> <laughs> but I do understand these, these athletes are, are making um, millions of dollars. They, they don't play all year. And, again, there is a lot, and they're possibly saying that they're trying to keep them fresh for the playoffs. But, you know, you get paid money. It's your, it's your profession. You're, you're, getting, you're getting paid. You need to play if you're not hurt. I don't, I don't agree with, with taking some time off. I mean, you don't have to play the whole game. They could cut your minutes. You don't have to play 40-something or 30-something, whatever the case is. So I think that, you know, these players could play. Instead of just resting them, you know, people pay money also. So it's maybe on a back-to-back, -back, maybe playing them, maybe 15, cutting their minutes, but at least getting out there to play. But just to take a rest, I think there's other ways that, that you could manage their, their, their load instead of just saying you're not going to play. I, I just don't agree with that either. So let's go to the NFL uh, picks for this Sunday. Um, Dallas Cowboys, Detroit Lions, I'm going my Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys will win that because Stafford's out with a broken back. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts. I'm going uh, Indy. I'm going to go Colts. Okay. Uh, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins. I'm going Bills. Bills. I, don't, I don't see Miami. Uh, even though they won two games, I don't see them winning this game. Uh, the Denver Broncos, Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. Vikings are 7-3. and three. Uh, I've got Minnesota also. The 7-2 New Orleans Saints, 3-6 and six, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Playing in Tampa. Tampa played a tough game last week, and New Orleans kind of choked in New Orleans. But I think – 
Breeze will get the team excited to play this game. They know it's a in-conference rival. So they've got they've got to win the game. So I, I pick the Saints big. I pick the Saints big also. Uh, two and seven New York Jets, the one and eight Washington Redskins. Who cares? <laughs> I'm going Jets. Uh, the two and seven Atlanta Falcons, the five and four Carolina Panthers. Now, now the Falcons just came off of a big win. But can uh, yeah, they pull? They, can they, they get went another into one? New Orleans. Nobody thought they had a chance, and they won. They might. They might rise to the occasion. Remember, they were just in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and so the you know the Patriots ripped their heart out with that comeback, and they've never been the same since. But uh, who, who are they playing against? Carolina Panthers. I'm going to take Panthers. As long as you have McCaffrey on your team, you got a chance to win. I'm going Atlanta. Uh, six and three Houston Texans, seven and two Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Ravens, Ravens destroyed the the Patriots, and they're just getting better every single week. They are. I agree. I'm going Baltimore as well. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, three six and one, in San Francisco to play the 49ers, eight and one. The 49ers are going to chew them up and spit them out. I'm going San Francisco. The winless Cincinnati Bengals against the Oakland Raiders, five and four. Raiders. I'm going Raiders. And then uh, your lovely Patriots at 8-1 and one playing the 5-4 and four Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. It's going to be tough. Philly seems to have our number. They play tough against the, the Patriots. And, uh, you know, the Patriots didn't play good the last couple uh, games. And uh, that's a tough one because, I, 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 of course, I love the Patriots. But the Eagles at home, uh, Patriots. I'm going Patriots also. And that's because I don't like them. Uh, the uh, four and five Chicago Bears uh, playing the uh, five and four Los Angeles Rams in LA. Uh, the Rams. I've got the Rams also. And Monday night will be the Kansas City Chiefs at six and four playing the four and six LA Chargers. Uh, the Chiefs only because they've already lost four games, which nobody thought they would do, and uh, that's mostly been with Mahomes under center, not the the guy who replaced him after he dislocated his kneecap. So they have to win. If they go to six and five, uh, it'll look like the season's almost over and people start panicking in Kansas City. So it, I'm picking the Chiefs because they have to win this game. Absolutely. I've got the Chiefs as well. So, again, uh, these are the picks that Eric and I uh, do uh, every week. Uh, we, we talk a little bit of basketball, right, high school. But we do NFL picks. So if you uh, want to get in uh, with us on these picks, uh, if you disagree or you agree or you just want to kind of go through the NFL schedule and pick them, you can just go ahead and comment your, your picks. Or like I said, if you would just one game that you disagreed with or one game you want to talk about, go ahead and, you know, get back up there and 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 uh, go uh, on the comment section below and, and, and just let us know what you're thinking and, and who you're picking. And uh, so at the next week when we come up here and we can talk and we can talk about your picks, see if you were right or wrong. And as usual, to finish out the show, we're going to do five uh, amazing facts, quick facts. Uh, number one, boanthropy is uh, people, it's a psychological disease. It's people that believe that they are a cow. It's an actual psychological disease where they walk around thinking that they're a cow. Number two, what is a duel called between three people? It's called a troll. Didn't know that till today. Number three, the human nose can remember upwards of 50,000 different scents. Number four, Erno Rubik, who invented the Rubik's Cube, which is from the 80s from me and Gabriel's time, it took him one month when he invented it to learn how to solve it. Today's world record, 4.2 seconds. Hmm. And number five, the most popular item sold at all Walmarts, bananas. 
Maybe that's why I figured that when I talked about fruits earlier. But the number one sold item is not toilet paper, milk, bread. It's bananas at all Walmarts. So letting you uh, go and having a great weekend, we just want to let you know, remember, share, uh, subscribe, uh, get the word out there, comment, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Um, and we're going to be here for as long as you guys want us to be. Uh, right now, when we updated last week, when we talked about that we were at 98, then we were at 99, then when we got off the air, we we're up to 100. Right now, we're at 116 subscribers. So not a huge bump, but in a week, we gained another 17 subscribers. Let's get that up to about 150 by next week, people. Let's get this thing shared, all right? Uh, we have on our first podcast, we've already got 402 views as of tonight. Our second podcast is at 212, and podcast number three is charging hard after only being out for three or four days at 150, almost 150 views. So these things are growing, some of them faster than others, but hopefully this podcast will grow faster than all of them and each one after this. So I totally appreciate your time and uh, have a great, great, great weekend. Great weekend. We'll see you next week.